Hello, and welcome to our podcast, where we speak the truth about abuse. I am your host, Rochelle, and one of the things I am passionate about is meeting people and hearing their stories. This podcast puts survivors' own experiences in the forefront. Hopefully, this will bring a better understanding of the impact of domestic violence in our community. Hello and welcome today. I'm sitting down with Tammy and we've known each other for quite a while and we're super excited because uh, we get to chat together about our experiences with um, counseling and therapy uh, because both of us are survivors of abuse. We were both in domestic violence relationships And we have um, some similarities in our stories, some similarities in our experiences going through counseling. uh, We both have children. So we may touch on that today about our experiences uh, with our kids having counseling. And then hopefully we'll also dive into how we got help in additional ways with peer support and how that works differently. Also, it's a great complement to counseling. That's what we're going to talk about today. So Tammy, welcome. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Happy to be here. Awesome. I'm so glad you're here. Tammy is in a unique position when we start talking about peer support because she actually is doing work with NAMI. Um, And, you know, we're going to cover our experiences with with counseling and uh, breaking free from our abusive relationships. But I actually think I'm going to jump ahead just real quick. I'm going to have you just briefly talk about maybe what drew you to work with NAMI and, and what that's been like. Sure. Happy to. So, um, well, as you know, our support group has been a version, an informal version of peer support for all the time, like since its inception. Um, and so all these years later, when I was invited to, uh, participate in a training, so it's formalized peer support specialist training, It just caught my attention as a good fit for me and my abilities and capabilities at the time as as I am in my recovery journey from trauma and abuse. And so, yeah, I did this 44-hour training um, through a scholarship grant, a veteran scholarship grant. And it's just um, what I come away with it being what makes it a perfect fit for me is that it's more relational and it is not clinical. It, um, for me, I've understood it to be like filling in the gaps for where counseling and therapies, um, kind of support a person and help them make sense of their, what, whatever they need to work through. But the peer support is there to, you know, help a person that might be on the verge of not continuing counseling because it's challenging. Right. And that, so they're like a little check-in kind of person, you know, usually it's a once a week check-in depending on the program Uh, scars. We do a two, two day a week meetup. So that's um, a valuable resource, 
But yeah, it's just that encouragement. It's that um, supporting a person's goals through recovery and through healing, through the healing journey. It's just um, the perfect fit for me. I've known for a long time that I am not clinical. I don't have a master's or doctorate. I have a bachelor's in psychology. There's a reason why I don't haven't gone further. I'm just more relational and I, I connect with people where they are. And that's what peer support is all about. I like how you're talking about the aspect of peer support that's so relational. And I love that you were talking about checking in because I feel like that is a really big piece. Um, And checking in with peer support is, like you said, so, so valuable. Um, So I'm going to go back to counseling and our experiences with getting into counseling. Um, And maybe we can even touch on if, if you're comfortable, and I might say something about the aspects of counseling with couples counseling, because I know we have thoughts about that. So for me, some of my experience um, with domestic violence was with being abused spiritually. And because of that, uh, some of the couples counseling that was suggested to at the time would be to do couples counseling in um, the church setting. And uh, since then, Tammy and I have learned um, that couples counseling is not recommended for a lot of different reasons. And we may not necessarily go into those today, but I'll definitely uh, put something in the show notes. So we have resources for people who maybe uh, are experiencing these kinds of dynamics in their relationships and people have suggested they go to couples counseling. Uh, And you may have experienced that with with that, Tammy. I mean, I, we did have some of that and it always backfired for me. Um, I always felt like I was being silenced and, um, it always made matters worse. Um, do you have any thoughts about that? I might have an interesting twist. I don't know how many people will be relatable to this, but my ex who was my 18 plus year abuser, um, would always say when I would beg, for us to go to counseling, I would beg. Um, He would say, oh, they just tell you what you want to hear. And so he was always resist. And I compromised so unhealthy. I said, oh, we let's go to speak with anyone that you would be willing to talk to a pastor, uh, uh, one of his, you know, a trusted person in his work environment where there were resources, um, anyone that would even favor him, I was willing to just have a third party in the conversation. And he never agreed because of all the reasons he chose not to agree to do that. In retrospect, I see it as being protected from what the route things could have gone. So I do am able to recognize that, um, because I was so desperate for our relationship to work, I would have made countless more unhealthy compromises just because of what my mindset was about, well, what I consider a version of programming, right? Because we were married so young. And so what I had interpreted my role as the spouse to be, you know, meeting his needs, exceeding in all the ways that I could, And so I know that I would have just been putty 
for whatever recommendations or guidance. But I also really think that um, some of the stuff was so blatant that he would do that I think some people probably would have spoken up in my support. But there's no way to know that. And that's okay. But yeah, it's just what it is. No regrets. It's all happened for a reason. I've learned so much in life through my recovery and healing process. So, and life has had to teach me because I didn't have a family unit that had wisdom and insight about relationship stuff. So life has been a terrific teacher for me. And I'm finally learning to pay attention to the best of my ability. Yeah, Tammy, that is so good. I just, you know, I love you so much. When you were talking about your experiences, uh, thinking about counseling, couples counseling, when you were still in your relationship, you said something that really resonated with me. And that was that you were so desiring to have a healthy marriage, to make your relationship work, that you might even do more, you know, compromising things that um, someone would be suggesting for you to do to make your marriage work, right? Like if a counselor or somebody in authority said, hey, if you would only do this, you would probably do better in your marriage. And that made me think about a big component of my uh, domestic violence experience was financial abuse. And I actually did have that happen numerous times where we would sit down with people And Tammy, these people would say, Rochelle, you just need to take over the finances. Rochelle, you just need to keep the books. Rochelle, that's just not his strength. Rochelle, you just need to understand that he's just not good at that. And you're probably better than that. And so if you would just take care of these things, what? He wouldn't financially abuse me. Of course, I didn't have the language then and I didn't understand. And I about killed myself trying to make things work, which obviously, you know, with abusers, we cannot be proactive enough to keep it from happening. We just can't. It's beyond human capacity because there's always another thing that they can try. We set up a separate checking account for him so that um, once that money was out of his account, like let's say he's not good at checking the balance or keeping track of how much money he has. Oh, like a separate checking account. Well, guess what? There was a period of time where banks would let you overdraft on ATM withdrawals. And I'm like, what the heck? Um, And so then you try other things. And then, oh, by the way, he can't stand debt. So when your credit card starts to max out, He doesn't call the credit card company when he gets a denial. He calls his wife that is supposed to be managing everything and keeping them out of debt. (laughs) But he doesn't have accountability for his expense, his spending. So it's literally chaos. It's financial chaos. It just literally is. And let's just, I don't mind including that he had addictions that were expensive. It's just chaos that you just find your way through. And that's what we did. Mm-hmm. It's just financial chaos. Wow. This has been 
so insightful and just being able to talk to you about these things. And um, I know there's going to be so many people who relate. So I really appreciate you sharing with me about this. Um, It also made me think, and this may have been a factor for you too, because of that, you know, financial chaos and, and all other kinds of uh, chaos happening in the home, it really impacted my kids. And um, yeah, and that is something that now many, many years later, they are still dealing with. And that is a story for them to tell. But I do want to say, you know, speaking about counseling, that when I did finally break free, I uh, did get in contact with a domestic violence agency after I somehow figured out that what I was experiencing was abuse. And they confirmed that for me, confirmed that for my kids. And we did get um, free counseling for a year. And, um, you know, who knows how much that helped at the time, because again, we were just getting out of it. So it was not a factor for us of making sense of what happened to us. I think we were just still in the, um, learning what it was and trying to accept it and accept where we were at. But I do know that although it was clinical, it was really helpful, right? It was a start. It was a place for us to go every week and it was free. So thank you to all, you know, funding that does happen for survivors and for survivors families so that we have this available. And I know, uh, that is really, that's really a common thing for children who have experienced living in domestic violence, um, which could include, you know, uh, specific abusive acts against the children, but it also could be because they're witnessing that domestic violence. Yeah. Your thoughts about that and then uh, counseling, because I know you have a kiddo too. Yes. Let's see. So I want to just give an nod to the truth of generational cycles of abuse. Um, I now know and recognize that I was born into chaos and neglect and um, threats of anger and rage. Of course, when you're in adolescence, all you're doing is developing coping skills. Um, I'd love to take this opportunity to do a mini rant about my disdain for people that choose to claim that children are resilient. Children are not resilient. Children are adaptive and adaptable to their circumstances. And they tend to develop cope mechanisms that are a version of survival, survival mode tactics. So what I know is that my daughter was really good at accommodating the climate that she was raised in. And in her young, young years, she hardly showed any signs of uh, distress or, you know, anything that would be identified as an alarm bell by societal norms. But uh, due to our unique circumstances, we had about a three-year gap where she did not have exposure to her father after our divorce. And so for all those years, she was just being raised as an average kiddo with average, just adolescent life challenges and stuff. 
And when in those three years, I had had the opportunity to choose healing and recovery. It's um, when I became um, a part of the SCARS community of peer support. And I had done intentional counseling and therapies. So as I had pursued counseling for myself, I had developed skills, knowledge, understanding. And when uh, he, her father, my ex, proposed re-entering our lives post-divorce, that was the red flag alarm bells that whatever we had been doing between her and I, mother-daughter relationship, because we did have a pretty open uh, flow of communication, I knew that wasn't going to cut the mustard anymore. I knew that wasn't going to be enough because she had to develop her own coping mechanisms for when she was unsupervised with him for healthy boundaries, for self-advocating and all those things. And she's been living in the journey to find her way through it um, as she remains in relationship with him for several years now. And she's still a teenager. But um, either way, that's just what our life is right now. And I am so grateful for all. I kind of look at like, I look at it as though life was preparing me to better parent her and guide her through what she was inevitably going to be living through with skills and abilities that I would not have had if I was just going at it free form, like uninformed. So I look at it as um, kind of a, a positive, right? I do a lot of reflecting, not a lot, but enough. I reflect on how I was parented and what my mother would have done if I had showed signs of alarm bells or red flags about things going on, you know, in my life as a teenager. And um, so I, I bounce that off myself in the, like, in the name of like, I'm doing better and doing better is enough because doing better is all I can do. And there is no such thing as perfect. There's no such thing as perfect parenting or knowing being able to do every right thing because that doesn't exist in the parenting world, specifically parenting children from a domestic violent climate upbringing. Mm -hmm. Doing your best is enough. I, I have heard your story and it has really helped to give me guidance and direction as many survivors have. And that's what I love so much about our survivor peer support, because um, I now don't feel like I'm walking this journey alone. Right. At the beginning, I, when, especially when I was in the thick of it, I really was walking the journey alone. And um, like you say, resilience, people talk about resilience and so often it is just a survival coping skills and coping mechanisms, which often are not healthy as a parent. And that can impact our kids. And then they can learn that and also have their own unhealthy coping skills because of the survival mode. You know, I was just thinking, same thing you're saying about your child that my own also had to, you know, learn 
how they were going to engage with their father and healthy boundaries and what was going to be good for them. And it has been a lot of work and um, a lot of counseling has gone into that for my family. I know for your family. Mm -hmm. And then also, you know, we'll talk about peer support. And so it makes me think of our own peer support that we do in meetup and how we don't have children come and do check-ins. It's we have an adult only meetup for our check-ins. And um, we do have family events, of course, and, and kids are welcome to come to those. But for our check-ins, those are for for adults. But there's still the benefit because in my example, it's still a benefit because my kids know that I'm getting support. <laughs> And so often in the dynamics of abusive and domestic violence, right, there's a lot of trying to lean on each other, the kids with with the parent, and that can even be stressful for the kids. So there's something about them knowing these years that I've been having this peer support with survivors that, you know what, mom's taken care of because mom's checking in with her girls. One of my daughters says, you're ladies. You know, how are your ladies doing? And so um, that is just really uh, gives them peace and gives them comfort and gives them encouragement that mom's being taken care of because she's, you know, getting peer support from other survivors. So that's that's one aspect. The second one is because and I alluded to it earlier, but hearing from other survivors, whether they have kids or not has really helped me to understand how to have healthy boundaries, what to do with these chaotic dynamics that happen even after abuse. Some people don't realize, but there's a name for it, post-separation abuse. Um, And those kind of things come up even after we leave months, years, decades, and we're still going through it. Maybe our kids are going through it. Learning and hearing from other survivors say, this is this is what I went through. This is this is how I handled it. It helped a little bit, you know, and just having having that there. And so that peer support piece has just been so valuable, not only to me, but to my kids and uh, even my my community as a whole, as is as, as my relationship with them is healthier. And I know that so much of it is because of peer support from survivors. Well, you know, Rochelle, I'm about to get a little emotional. I have to say, oh, Rochelle, this is such an aha, bing, bing moment for me. It has helped me develop my voice. Peer support with scars has helped me develop a confidence about what I say mattering. It matters. It matters to the people that have lived shared experiences, similar experiences. And it matters that how I live my life and the things that I've learned in all the ways through counseling and therapies and different support groups, like being able to speak my truth of how I see things, how I hear someone else that's sharing, how I can be in agreement with them and get to tell them that 
I care about them and that I care about what they've been through. All of that, all of that is from peer support. All of that is from being in community with people that get it. And that is life-changing. And I just, I treasure scars. I treasure them, treasure us. It's just a gift. You know, this is, this is what we hear from our fellow survivors. And so our community works because there are those of us who desire to be in community together. And I am just, I am so, so grateful. I'm so glad that you joined me today because I think that the, you know, topics that we covered about counseling, peer support, um, our children, the uh, the impact that domestic violence had on us and still does is so important. And I just appreciate you so much for being here, Tammy. This was so great. Well, I appreciate you. I appreciate the invitation. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be positively impactful. And if there was a, some informativeness to it, that's awesome. And grateful for the opportunity to keep doing what I do. Okay, well, that wraps up for today. Thanks again, Tammy, and we'll see you all next time.